Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a camper van from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky camper vans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park. Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, providing banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs providing insights and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at Across the Park PC or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to episode 27 of Across the Park Podcast, season 2021, recording from Liverpool Live Radio Studios in the Baltic Triangle. Big shout out to the lads at Liverpool Live. Myself, Ian Mills and Gary Judge are the Blue Boys, Gary Murray and Terry McGiven are the Red Men. The Red Men are itching to get in. Three points in the league, Champions League quarterfinal, but Gary, I've got to cut you off. It's time for the Blues to start off. It's been a bad week, Judgey. Me and Pricey were on last week and, and me and Pricey sort of agreed to disagree that the Chelsea result in the bigger picture it wouldn't be that bad if it didn't affect the Burnley game, if it didn't affect the Palace game, didn't affect Brighton. It's hit one already. What on earth happens? We can't beat these teams at Goodison that we're meant to beat. Why? Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with the Chelsea game, by the way. I don't think the Chelsea game spilled over into the Burnley game. I just think it's the same pattern that we've seen against those teams, like you said, at home, Millsy. You know, we got a result against Southampton. wasn't overly convincing, but you know, I think the general consensus was we got the job done. And you know, my feeling after that was, you know, we maybe need to just follow a similar vein. Then, you know, if that's how we need to play against these teams at home, get over the line, take our chances, then then that's what we need to do. But it's it's been like the the, the defensive frailties for me. It's been the off the ball stuff. I know I know we're gonna get onto maybe the lack of creativity in a moment and, and whatever, but we had chances in that game to beat Burnley. Yeah. But the fact is, they have more chances than us, and that, that's the concerning thing. How can we be so like robust and strong against some of the you know better sides in the league away from home, but not keep the likes of Burnley and Southampton at bay for, for more than 20 minutes? Because there wasn't more than 20 minutes in that game against Burnley that they didn't get a chance. Mm-hmm. They were constantly on, on in on our goal, so... It's 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 a mad one. It's a really mad one to put you put your finger on, and, and I know that Carlo seems to be just as baffled as anyone. Um, Carragher called them Brazil at one point because they were they looked that good. He said the same shirt as Brazil, and they're playing like it. They kept peppering us for the Reds, Terry and Gary, or Reds listening who didn't watch it for 20, 30 minutes. We were proper under the cosh, weren't we? Yeah. And Fulham's on a tours, Newcastle's on a tours, Leeds on a tours. Mm. So these so-called teams that shouldn't be coming to Goodison. And going for the throat, or going for the throat and doing it well, aren't they? Yeah, it's a mad league. I, I don't think we're the only t- the only team that's a victim of that type of mentality from the the weaker teams. You know, the team, with the exception of Man City, most teams are going everywhere thinking they can get something at the moment. 
Like Liverpool have seen it at Anfield. If if teams perceive a weakness at the moment, it's not like the old days where they go, oh, let's wait for a chance. They are going for it. Mm. I mean, there was a similar performance Brighton put in at Anfield where they look like they could have got three or four. And no, it, it is definitely, there's definitely not that inferiority complex to any team, I don't think, in the Premier League, with the exception of Man City, where you know you're just going to get blazes if you if you start, you know, really pushing men forward. So, so what you're saying there, sorry to interrupt, is it not as simple as we don't let that, we don't allow that to happen, we go and attack them first, why can't we do that? <laughs> yeah, th- th- there is that, um, but you know, you've got you've to stamp your authority on the game, haven't you? You've got to take your chances when you get them, and uh, that can put the other team on the back foot. Um, if they strike first, which has been the the pattern in all of those games that we've got beat, we've mm-hmm. conceded the first goal. Yeah. We scored early. We scored the first goal against Southampton, and that changes the whole pattern of the games, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. changes their mentality of going, well, if we can see the next goal, we're out the game. Mm-hmm. So we need to kind of just weather the storm a little bit. And it is, it is, it seems to be whether you're talking about us or you're talking about Liverpool or you're talking about Arsenal, who've had issues of them, their own at home, Chelsea under Lampard with the same. If you can see that first goal, you know it, it. It does quickly change. You know the the dynamic shift of the game, doesn't it? And mm. and and you become more vulnerable because your ends up start starting to push players forward that you maybe wouldn't have done earlier in the game. Those mistakes seem to get under the players' skin a little bit. It's a very different league and a different game this season without the fans. Like I think the players are still getting used to it. And when you go to an opposing stadium and you haven't got those fans on your back, as in the home fans on your back. It's a leveller, isn't it? Massively, yeah. Yeah. Massively. I, th- I think for the, like, you know, United will have felt that as well. I mean, uh, the, the game against West Ham maybe wasn't as such a good example either because they, they were pretty convincing against them. But, you know, we've seen it at Old Trafford. When do you go two goals down at Old Trafford away? And I'm not deflecting from this um, Burnley game, by the way. Mm. And then score two dead quickly after half mm. time. It just doesn't happen, does it? You know, United go 2 0 up at Old Trafford and it's over, you know, what, no matter what season it is. So, I'm not look. I'm not. I'm not coming here kind of piling up a load of excuses because you know it's not good enough. Um, the performance against Burnley wasn't good enough. But it's a reoccurring theme. We're not yeah. sitting here going, "This is a one-off." Like we're still six, yeah. we're still seven, we're still got a game in hands. And some blues are saying we that. Are. <laughs> we are. But some blues are saying that as, as a positive, and mm. I'm fair enough. I'd, and come May, I hope they're right and I'm wrong. Mm. But I'm sitting here gutted because it, it's not a one-off. It's, it's all the time. Yeah, I don't think it's a case of them being right and us being wrong. You know, it's stating the obvious to say we shouldn't be getting beat and we shouldn't be getting beat in the, in the manner that we are, particularly when you put them against some of the other performances and the other results. But I'm just trying to put it into context that we aren't the only team that are going through these kind of frustrating patches. Yeah. Is it, I mean, outside looking in, I feel like the way you are now is where maybe we were, you know, a, a few seasons ago, maybe not quite at, at the level we were at, but in, in the same way that, you know, in the big games we were good and in, in the games you'd expected to go and win, we weren't quite good enough to I've sort said, of to make the running. And is it just because you just are a little bit more set up as a, a bit of a counter-attack inside? Well, I've said this in the, in the past, that early on in the season, that I felt like, you know, when we went through that spell where we won like seven games, it was a bit of a false economy. It was a bit like what you were like under Klopp, where you're just going out, going, we'll outscore you. And then you hit a point where it's like, oh, we've just played a team that we couldn't outscore and they beat us 2-0. It's like, we need to revise this a little bit. Mm. And, you know, Ancelotti being the Italian, I thought, well, I think I can make us a solid back four there. I think I can create a, a base so we can go and play the better teams and get results against them. But then trying to... I don't think he's quite got that level of player or consistency amongst the eleven to be able to change that mentality <coughs> the next week. I think they're having difficulty with that, having to shift from... Okay, well now we're the favourites. We need to go and insert, you know, 
the words, assert ourselves on the game, which is what you're asking us to do. I don't think the players are quite that dynamic enough to do that. And I don't think he's got the depth in the squad, which he's, in fairness, he's tried it both ways. He's tried playing the same team or a similar team, as in that that tight back four mm. against the weaker teams, and that hasn't worked. He's tried changing the 11, he's tried changing the formation. You can't say he hasn't tried different ways of, mm. I mean, he's even put Calder Wobie's bluff and played him as a 10 the other day, and, and that hasn't worked. Well, you know, we'll come on to that in a moment, but it, it's um, it's time on the training pitch as well. You haven't really got it at the moment, have we? You know, in in in, in yeah. you know, in the terms games of the, the games fast. are coming thick and fast, so it's almost like if you want to make a change, you've got a day or two to prep for it. You haven't really got time to drill a real settled system. You know, in in the same way, and in a way, we're the opposite. You know, our real settled settled system has has caused us a problem because we have only been playing one way. We haven't mm. got maybe got time to work on alternatives. You're still trying to find a settled system that works in the majority of games. Yeah, I and I don't... I, I, look, uh, as much as... I don't think anyone's expecting us to come up with a solution here, and that's what, not what this podcast's about, but we're not going to get that solution in season. not going to happen. I don't think you've got the personnel You've to said do that. that repeatedly this season. Yeah. You're not going to get the consistency. Yeah. You've said that all season. I know, and, I, and I'm not... I'm not look, I'm not, I'm not at a... I'm not Carlo Ancelotti. I'm sure that Carlo Ancelotti, if he could sit here, would be saying the same thing. And he, and he has, to be fair. He's played down the expectations quite a few times. Obviously, when you get to the point where you are knocking on the door of fourth, he's not he's not that negative to be going, well, we can't finish fourth. He's saying mm. there's an opportunity there. But in his heart of hearts, and you can see it through his demeanour, he knows the level we're at at the moment. And he knows, to a certain extent, we've been you know punching above our weight. He, you know... Was he would he prefer for us to be and this is this is a question for the Evertonians, I suppose, and I know where, where I'd rather be with it. Would you rather be beating them weaker teams and then getting trounced by the better sides? Or would you rather be going, Well, we've shown we can mix it with the better teams and there's just a little bit of tweaking we need to do to make sure we can just dispatch of the weaker ones? Because I, I think and I don't I don't know, we we've got a, a question level in this um at us, you know, to say we're not three signings away. I think people will be surprised, you know. I, I think th- those you know, three signings, four signings, whatever it is, completely transforms the what off this squad or this team are capable of. But like you say, I have said that consistently that we'll be inconsistent. Uh, and going back to the Bay in the game, just just to kind of focus on that game itself, hugely disappointing. Um, you know, I know Gary's about to probably level up. We question. got peppered with yeah. social yeah, media. Well, just to, just to, you, you referred to it then, so I'll just bring it in now. It was from Dean uh, through the website, and it was pretty much straight after the game. We, we do get quite a lot straight after them, certainly when we lose both, both sides of the park. Um, he said, season done. Don't let anyone tell you this lot can get Europe. They don't deserve it either. Sick and tired of fans and podcasts saying two or three two or three signings every summer for decades. We need an overhaul. 18 league games in a row without shooting out without without out shooting the opposition opposition including Fulham Burnley Newcastle Southampton West Brom this summer has to be the one we move forward and I don't mean signing two or three yeah a lot of emotion in that message and I can't disagree with a lot of things he has to say I can't even say that I you know disagree with him by saying two or three signings um, will be enough because I don't know. It, it, I really don't. It, it depends who those, you know, who those personnel are. You know, the, there's two options you've got in a transfer window, isn't there? You can go and buy five players that are just going to make the squad a little bit better, or you can go and sign two or three that are going to improve the first eleven. I think the rumor is he's got 120 million <coughs> to spend somewhere in that region. We'll obviously shift quite a, a, f- a few players off the wage wage bill this summer, which frees up a little bit of money there. Um, 
I don't think he's got much, much option but to go and buy three better players as your three good players. You I, can't buy five good players in in any market. I don't think that are gonna. Well, you're, the quantity you're saying here, three to five. I think our big problem is we don't utilize the January transfer window to buy. Sam Allardyce did it once in in mm. what five, six, seven, eight years. Liverpool have bought what Virgil Van Dijk, Philip Coutinho, Daniel Sturridge in January mm. windows in the past. We just put them on. We don't do that. So every summer we're looking at. You've got to get. Not four just or five, though, or it? maybe one or two, like you're saying. Yeah, it's not no, just it's not, those. But and, that's and, our and, problem for me. We don't, don't utilise that window. I don't think many clubs do. I don't think you can say it's our problem. I, I think there's very few clubs who've managed to really pick up. You know, you just picked up, or you just mentioned two players there who were exceptions, really. It's the real Van Dijk was a massive signing. Do you know what I mean? There was a lot of money involved in that. Philippe, Philippe Coutinho was was a, a, a snip, and it was an opportunity. For Fernandez those, at United. I, I think, in, it's just sorry, just to jump in, in fairness, the, the Van Dijk one, it would have been a summer signing. Yeah. Only that we mm. we bought it up and transfer. But he didn't wait. He didn't say we we'll only buy in June. You didn't do that. You said we've got to go, we've got to go and buy in January. Yeah, yeah. We don't seem to do that because we needed to buy in January. Really, we needed to do this summer. We, we imagine adding two quality players in January to this mm. Everton side. Yeah, and yeah. Look, benefit. I might have drew against Burnley then. Hey, we've both been diced, haven't we? He's taken victims both sides of the park. That ginger, beautiful man. But like, what what he's saying there and. He's referencing there that we're maybe not out shooting teams and we're the lesser teams. Or are we setting up? That's, are we setting no, up wrong? I, again, I just think it's a tactile thing. You know, we said the eighteen league games. I'm fairly obvious that the six games before that, or, or ten games before that, that was that start that we had. Hmm. And, and Ancelotti's looked at that start and thought, yeah, great, but we can't play like that. Well, yeah, just, on, just like on the shooting, we got another message about one of your forwards. So it was Dave through the website again. And he said, Calvert-Loon's first goal at Goodison since October and the Super Blues are outscoring points again. Should have had three on Saturday. Someone asked me what, what more do I want. Well, is it too much to want a, a striker to trap a ball, beat a man or shoot from more than 10 yards out? Don't get me wrong, his goals have been invaluable, but his actual football ability is so limited. Interested to hear your thoughts, but, but I would go as far as saying playing him. Um, as far as saying playing him limit his him limits how we set up. Well, going back to the previous one, the previous point about the shots and, and obviously that is relevant because you're talking about our striker. We were employed or Ancelotti was employing a system in the first seven to ten games which was not sustainable. We were not going to get through the season and finish in the top half if we carried on trying to outshoot teams. So we tried to come up with a more balanced system, which has got us more points in my opinion than would have got us if we'd have stayed trying to just pepper the goal. Um one of the beneficiaries of that system has been Dominic Calvert-Lewin because we, we try to get balls into the box as opposed mm. to having shots from outside the area. Or for You know, you look at Richarlison, he's the person for me, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that he's had probably 40% of our shots. He does shoot more often than most, most players do. Mm. But if you'd had two Richarlisons or you'd had players like Richarlison instead of a Calvert-Lewin, would you score more goals? I don't know. We had a, we had a spell without Calvert-Lewin and, and we, we didn't do particularly well. You know, we, me and Millsy, unlike a lot of topics, stand in a, a very similar position with, for Dan, on Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You know, he scored goals like the listener points out. You know, we can't take that away from him. And that's definitely, from a personal level for him, it's a massive improvement. Mm. But he doesn't, he is not enough, is he? Do you know what I mean? Mm. On, on his own. That's not his fault. Do you know what I mean? Like, he... He is what he is. And, he said there, the listener Dave, he, he said football ability. It's uh, it's limited. And for me, that's where you see like the touch at the weekend where there's a ball yeah. over the top and like you, you expect him to at least stand on it and then bring a winger in and get a position or there's chances where it's fallen to him and 
this is not just Saturday. There's, there's chances on, on on the floor against United, against Leeds, well, against West Ham at home. I think, and there's chances. Watch, they put it away, lads. Put you, it away. You watch and you look at Richarlison, and you know, and I'm, I'm not saying he's he's the benchmark here, but he obviously he's another player who plays in a similar position to Carlo Lewin. You give the ball to Richarlison inside the, the, you know, the the middle of the pitch or in the middle thirds of the pitch, and he's always on the half term looking mm. to try and go at the opposition. It takes Calvert-Lewin three touches to do that normally. And by that point, he's got three players up his backside. Everyone's made their runs and his only choice is to go back to the centre-back. So that, in terms of football and ability, that's what we're talking about. But, you know, you can't have everything, can you? You know, we've sat here and mocked uh, Firmino for his lack of goals. But all the things that Firmino gives Liverpool are the things that Calvert-Lewin can't give us mm. and won't ever give us. So you, you can't have, you, you know, you can't eat your cake and have it. Don't like the other saying. I, I is that why you need options, though? You need an alternative to Lou, and yeah, not, not and just for Charleston. I, I think they were hoping that Josh King was going to be that person. Mm. I think you quick, they've quickly realised on the training ground that he's not. He can only mm. really be employed in the wise area. He hasn't really been brought on and played centrally as yet, no. which suggests to me that he's not really up to it. Um, and it, you know, it, it adds weight to your point that maybe we should have gone and not broke the bank, but maybe just gone and you know, there's so many forwards. I think in that. January window that changed hands that, that we could have just got our hands on. You know, like the likes of Lorente who's done a job in the yeah. Premier League Six before. Months, yeah. He's a hot, he's a man who'll hold the ball up. He'll bring other players into it. You know, he, he knows where the goal is, similar to Calvert Lewin. But is, is he going to offer more as like a, a bit of a you know a feeder for the for Charlesons and Hammers Rodriguez? I don't know, but I can't agree with the uh, that listener more. Um, we sent the question in that he doesn't he. You know, the three chances he's had on Saturday, and that's what we started talking about, the Burnley game. You know, that, that was my first point, is we've had chances there to, to, to score goals, which are pretty, pretty basic chances for me. For a, for a player who some of our fans are putting alongside the likes of Vardy and, and Kane, which is ridiculous in my opinion. You know, one of our mates, Dave, has argued, was trying to argue with me at the start of the year, saying he's as good or he's, he's better than Vardy and Kane. Behave. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's just nowhere near the level like... You know, you look at what Vardy gives you outside of the box and you look at the things he does and his movements and his, you know, drawing players in, winning fouls. Now, we win fouls, Calvert-Lewin, but, you know, Kane's on a different planet to Mm. to Calvert-Lewin. You know... There's all-round play and everything, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you look at Vinicius for for Tottenham, I think he's as good as Calvert-Lewin and people are probably going to lambast me for that, but he hasn't really had much of a a shot at Tottenham, but he's a good striker, but he can't get near the team, he can't get a kick of the ball because Kane's that good. But look, um, to get back to the listeners' points, couldn't agree with them more. Um, made up for Calvert-Lewin that he's getting goals, but you know that game on Saturday shows, in a nutshell, in a, in a real snapshot, what he get, what he can give us, but what we don't get from. Okay, we'll wind the Burnley game up because the Reds are going to come in with their reviews. But I think Gary's got one more question. I, I want a question as well, just before just before you do, Gary. It's um, Alex Awobi made big headlines last week. He was even yeah. referenced in Carlo's press conference. Carlo was asked, mm. did you see his post? He wants to play in his preferred position. He went away and played as a number 10. Carlo played him as a number 10. It lasted 25 minutes. He's back on the right and probably looks a little bit better on the right, but still for me. And no, I, hate, I hate coming on when we're losing slate and players because it's the natural thing to do as a fan, but I just don't see it. I've got to say, I don't, agree with, you. I don't agree with you. I, I think he as a person did look better than that 10, but the team suffers. We play. We started with the diamonds in there, and which was the only way you can kind of put uh, a Wobi in that system in there. And we played with uh, with Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up front. Burnley has a field day in midfield because they're they're two in midfield. It was basically ends up being 
Westwood and the other, I can't remember the other lad's name. Um, anyway, the two, the two combative midfielders. <laughs> That's how good they are. Him. Yeah, but they're just dogs, aren't they? You know what I mean? They, obviously, they look like Brazil on, 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 you know, on the weekend, but they're just dogs, and and they just completely outfought the, the midfielders that were left in there, which is really Davis and and Allen. I mean, it was Allen on his own, wasn't it? Davis mm-hmm. kind of gone went missing a little he bit. Davis all but, the time. But anyway. Yeah. You know, we, we played that diamonds in the in the first half, and I thought oh, he looked all right. I, really? I honestly did. Yeah, I honestly thought he looked all right. I thought he was getting on the ball a lot, but it was like we were playing a four three three, but we didn't have the the base of the three midfielders. We just had like three players that were floating wherever they wanted. Um, when he went on to the right, he was just the same as Obi. Um, look, that's not to say that if he'd have played Bernard in in that ten, that he wouldn't have done. Better or the same job as a Wobie, but if you're going to ask me my opinion on a Wobie's performance in the first 20 minutes, I thought it was all right. I thought he got into some good areas. I thought he he knitted the play together quite well. Put him back on the right though, and he was and he was, he was piss poor again. Well, one of our listeners agreed more with Millsy because the the email the uh, the message from him through the website it was Barry said I'll I'll make it a bit more PG. <laughs> it, a Wobie can do one with his preferred position crap. Carlo has now got it wrong more than once, thinking back to the setup against Newcastle, and that diamond was suicidal tonight. And then that leads on to another message we got from John. He said, let's be honest, if Silver had been schooled at home by Bruce and Dice, we'd be slaughtering them. Our home form this season's inexcusable. The attitude of the club is inexcusable. Good job we're getting results away from home, or we'd be in a relegation dogfight. Well, on, wow. on the first one, um, I'm not a fan of a Wobie, don't me wrong, but I think... I think it's easy to say because he come out and said what he did the week before and the fact that we played so poor against Burnley, it's easy to just make him a target. I don't think as an individual, anyone who watches that game back and forgets about what the score ended up and just looks at him, tell me he didn't get on the ball more than most of our players in, did in that first half and try to, to do something. Now, I, don't get me wrong, this doesn't make me an Awobi fan, but I think it's very easy to just jump on that bandwagon. The second point... He's saying, "Oh, if it wasn't for our away form, but we we have we have won games away, so it's like saying, if it wasn't for that for the fact we'd have won, we'd have lost, but we did win. So, you know, we've read, had read between the li- read between the lines there. I'll intercept. Is Carlo immune from crit- no. criticism from me and you tonight? No, of course not. I, I, I think I think it's a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it, you know, you look at that decision to just go and play a Wobie in the ten. It was a little bit. Does it open yourself up to the? players having a bit more power or is he just that type of man manager that goes well I've got no problem with giving mm. the players an opportunity you know it doesn't make him immune to criticism and and and, and you know with hindsight the di- playing the diamonds in the field you know wasn't it wasn't a great decision having said that you know you've still got Gomez Davis and Allen who really should be mature and capable enough as players I, I don't think you can really point the finger at Allen as much because he was playing at the base of that diamonds and was pretty much the only player who was tackling people but Davis and Gomez should be aware enough to go, well, let's just tuck in alongside Alan here. Let's allow Awobi a bit more room. And let's, you know, I'm sure that, you know, they're experienced enough players and midfielders, hopefully, to, to be able to, you know, accept that level of responsibility in midfield. He didn't. They just went, they went and played, like, wide off Alan and left him exposed. Mm. And as a result, as a, as a team, we struggled. But to go back to, to Ancelotti... Yeah, and I, I, there's a I, couple of times this season hasn't where, where you've thought, oh, really, and that that's not me being hot. You know, it, it's Carlo Angelotti who are we really to sit here and say because he has improved us tenfold. 
I reference it like, I don't know, you'll you, you argue with your beard when she's got no eyebrows on. Like, then she's got a makeup on, you think, I am lucky after all. But there's times where you do think, like, what am I doing here? He's, he's, he does oh, get your missus doesn't listen there's, to this podcast. Uh, she's got no eyebrows on at the minute. That line alone saying there's times I'm thinking, what am I doing here is not a line you want to be associated with. No, but you, you but do no. think at times like this, you think, you, you, oh, come on, like, you, that could have been better there. You've got, that's. Not what I want. It's not what I want tonight. Listeners, Mills, he's gone beat me. Yeah, he's proper sweat. And we're gonna dig myself out of this. But then you look at where we might finish in the league. You look at Anfield and results like that, and you think, well, we are improving. We are doing really well here. Look, let's draw a line at that point. No, no manager is immune from criticism from the fans, no matter who you are. But you've got to put that criticism into context. Um, I think it was a little bit. I don't know who used the word naive because who am I as a fan to call Carlo and Chelsea naive? But I think it was a. It was an. It was a. It was a weird decision to just bow to a Wobi and go, go on then, I'm just going to play it as a 10. Yeah. In, in fairness to him, though, I mean, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk, hasn't there, in terms of who plays as your attacking midfielder. Is it Sigurdsson? Are you missing someone who can play at the top of that midfield, you know, and, and pull strings and stuff? He's tried everything. Tr- has he just thought, well, a Wobi saying he wants to play as a 10? Why not? I'll try him as a 10. We're playing Burnley with all due respect. You know, yeah. you would expect to beat at home. So it's like, it's maybe a good game to try yeah, yeah. You don't know what he sees behind closed doors on Friday at Finch Farm. A Wobi could have been brilliant. In and that, you in know that what? Design. It could have been a master. It could have been exceptional man management of going, go on then. We'll. And, and it is a message to the players, come talk to me then, and, you, and we might be able to put you in, a, in, that, in that position. So, look, it, it's easier. And to, to answer your question directly, he's not immune from criticism. Was he partly a fault for the Burnley defeat? You'd have, you'd have to say yes, because he got it wrong, I think, with that diamonds in midfield. But at the same time, and I've said this countless times about pre- with previous managers, the players have got to take some yeah. accountability. He sent them out. He's put three centre midfielders in a midfield diamonds, they should be able to outnumber the opposition three v two in that middle. <coughs> they haven't. They've, they've you know they've got dragged into battles. They shouldn't be trying to to win. Um, and and you know just to my final point on that, another reason why Tom Davies is not good enough. He's not good enough. He doesn't accept responsibility defensively. He goes missing. Goes and plays his own game. Mm. Gets caught. It. You know that that again we talked about epitomising our season in one game. That epitomises Tom Davies for me. There's well more of those performances. That we've seen from him than there has been the you know the better ones. He wanted a foul. He rolled the dice, didn't he? On that, yeah. that split decision, he went, "I won't get a foul." Yeah, yeah. yeah and exactly. the moment he didn't get it, we were done, exposed. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, he does that far too often. And and then again, he, he he you know he not throws the towel because I, I think he's a player that doesn't work hard or nothing. But just off the ball, he, he's he's not up to the level to play in the centre of the field for a Premier League. You know, an established Premier League team that's looking to push on for me. Um, well overdue, uh, you know, a, a loan spell or somewhere that's gone now. Probably that ship sailed. But you know, for me, we're talking about the future and and it's another reason why he shouldn't be part of it for us. Okay, more from me and Judge later as we preview the Manchester City game. Let's bring the Reds back into it. Terry, all of a sudden, it's it's not looking too bad. Champions League quarter final back above Everton. Yeah. Life's good, isn't it? <laughs> Re-establishing the uh, the normal order. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's it's been a you know a much better week in terms of in terms of results certainly. Um, performance wise, you know it's a, I don't want to sort of you know do it down. It 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 feels a lot better, a lot nicer to actually have a few wins under our belt. But it was a, it was a bit of a contrast again, uh, you know, across the two games really, weren't it? When you think about it, guys, compared to like the the Red Bull game compared to the Wolves game, obviously we 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 won both, but. Definitely a contrast in the in the types of yeah. The the Red Bull was it sort of followed a, a similar path to the first game against them. You know we were we were quite dominant. We were we were the only ones really. I expected them to come out more. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to come out us a lot more than they did from the off. 
Yeah, I think they were buyers on the time, thinking they might that they're gonna get because of you know Liverpool's recent form. They were probably expecting to get a few opportunities to, down to our errors and things. But to be fair to the to the team, they they didn't give them that opportunity. They they controlled the game and and you know we and rightfully won it uh, comfortably. Um, but just, again, that was great to see, and it's it's something we've been accustomed to this season. Where once we get out the the Premier League and into the Champions League, we look a lot better. We look a lot more settled. It seems like. The, the pressure's off a little bit and the and you know they can have a, have a real go at the game. Um yeah, as you say, the the contrasting performance against uh, Wolves, it was oh, I've I've seen all over social media loads of people praising everyone. I don't want to be the, the the negative one. I I hate being negative about them, but I don't think we played well at all. No. I, I think I think we, we, we were still the better team without really doing anything outstanding. Yeah, I think you know I I agree really, and I think if 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 we just sort of I think we'll come on to the Wolves game if we just sort of round off the the Red Bull one, the the real key in that in that performance for me was the change you know with Fabinho going back into that midfield wasn't it, you know it, for me we we talked about it so many times on this podcast you know we talked about it when we've been on the radio on the pool live and you know so many so much analysis has been done as what's going wrong with this Liverpool team and you know part, injuries have always been like the main sort of culprit but it was also the gutting of the midfield wasn't it to sort of try and cover you know in the defence and I think you know seeing Fabinho go back in there in that Red Bull game was absolutely massive I think it gave ev- every, every Liverpool fan who's seen the team sheet was, up, was almost like oh he's going yeah. back in the middle he's back like in the celebrating middle. Before, the, yeah. before the match has even started and and you know the, the difference it made in, in terms of the balance of the sides the structure the security do, do at the back Klopp was a little bit surprised at how much of a difference it means. Yeah, I think he probably was. I think it it it, it was almost like he, he's made the decision. I'm going to do it, and I think you know it it will have been eye opening to see how 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 much better balanced we look with him in there. Um, is, is that a, is, is a balance or what? What does he give it in midfield that he doesn't quite give it in defence? Well, well, we're just winning balls again in the midfield, which we hadn't done for. Yeah, it's not for, that he gives us that in midfield as opposed to defence. It's just that we then gain that in the midfield. Pitch, it's yeah. a it's a platform to play, you know. And and I think you know, with all due respect to Ginny Wijnaldum, I thought he's been brilliant for us this season, but he hasn't been playing in his natural normal role that he normally plays. He looked a, a player. A different player completely when Fabinho was playing as that holder. It was like he could, he could get involved more in the midfield rather than just anchoring a midfield of like Curtis Jones and Thiago. Mm. Thiago, you know, like there's been a lot, a lot of, a lot of ink spilled on on his performances in terms of you know whether they've been good enough and and they haven't. But again, he he was allowed to play a bit further forwards and it it took the shackles off him, didn't it? He yeah, looked a he, different he, player. He was certainly a lot better. I, I I still wouldn't get too carried away the way some people have, but he was certainly a lot better than what what he has been performing like for us. But I think it, just to like interject at that point, what I noticed with Thiago is the fouls he was giving away were fouls where if he nicks the ball, you've got a chance of yeah. of, of of creating a chance. Whereas. His fouls in previous games have been too deep in the pitch and the cut they're causing you problems, aren't they? Yeah, and absolutely. You don't mind him committing fouls in the attacking half. And, that, and that's exactly what bringing Fabinho back into that number six role gives you because he them tackles that Thiago are trying to make they're trying to make and failing at and giving free kicks away. Fabinho's making them and winning the ball back and mm. getting our attack going. And, and, he, and he, he makes the fouls that you need to make in that position. Yeah. He's like tenacious on his yeah. clever, you know, he understands yeah. the role. But it's not just it's not even just from the defensive point, because to be fair, at times defensively we weren't actually that bad during this horrific spell. It was 
he was setting us up for our attacks that we were so used to over the last couple of years. He, he was winning the ball back, getting it forward quicker, and then we were having a little bit more space in behind. All right, we, we haven't done much with it. We've seen that mad stat last night that, that kept coming around, how, how bad our shots on goal have been and stuff, or conversion rates being from shots. But um, yeah, it, it was just it was just good to see the fact that when we're winning the ball back in midfield with Fabinho there, the, the forwards are getting that little bit more freedom, a little bit more space to actually try and have a go. Mm. Do you know what your fans goes with it? I think a good defensive midfielder is they're not bothered about losing the ball. And what I mean by that is they know when to just clip it over the top yeah, and to just go, right, let's get up the pitch. Yeah. Players who are more cultured, like your Thiago's and, and even to a certain extent Wijnaldum, they always feel like they need to play a, an incisive pass every time they're passing forwards. And there's a lot to be said for just sometimes going bump and just clipping it and it's great at that for being always. Yeah, it? absolutely. So, you know, it, it, it really was a, a sort of night and day performance. And, you know, you mentioned before, guys, that like the Champions League gave gave us a little bit of a, you know, a shelter from pretty miserable run of form in the league. And I think someone made the point on the podcast, and it was last week or the week before, is that when you're playing in the Champions League, I think teams just maybe give you a little bit less respect. They're more keen to play their way. And I think that, you know, it sort of lets, you, lets us play. We suit that. You're not going to get teams playing a low block in the Champions League, you know, like at the later stages. And it does allow us to to, to play our game a little bit more, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, be a bit more expressive. Yeah. It, it gives our forwards, a lot, as, again, like I've just mentioned there, a lot more space in behind. And, mm. and that's obviously, that that is where we hear teams most. And it's, it's how we've heard teams over the last couple of years. It's again going back to what you were saying about it, it, it. It always our recent form has been, you know, the the first point anyone makes is the injuries, and it, it does it does take it away, and that's why we can't we can't. You said it. We we've tried to play the same way consistently. You said that Jordan the Everton the Everton um, section. Mm. We've tried to play out the same way all the time. We haven't got that that that, that same group of players. We yep. haven't been able to do it, and the fact that. We've lost our midfield as well as the defence because the midfield have had to drop back. Now that we're, we're actually playing centre halves as centre halves, we're now playing our midfield, our mainstay midfielders. It's definitely, definitely going to help us. Don't get me wrong; I'm not expecting now we'll just go on some mad run of winning ten games on the bounce. No. It's still going to be we're still going to have ups and downs. I'm looking at Millsy when I say that because I know he's dying for us to get carried away. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I was interested to ask you. Mentioned you referenced centre halves there. But it's been a partnership now over the past two or three games, hasn't yep. it? How's that looked with Kabak and Phillips? Miles better, you know, in terms of actually, you can see that. You know, I'm not going to say the building like a you know a proper partnership. It'll get, it'll get you through. Like, like, there's more consistency to that backline, which helps breed a little bit more confidence, you know, and a bit more communication and stuff. Rather than what did we play something like 19 centre back pairings <laughs> in, in so far this like season. 22, you know, so. Just seeing the same team sheets at the back over a, a little run of games is definitely, you know, helping things. You, you know, it means the keeper knows who he's got in front of him. It means the fullbacks know who they've got, who they've got alongside them and stuff. It, it does breed a little bit of, you know, more familiarity and, and a bit more confidence across that back line. And Nat Phillips, uh, you know, I'm, he's never going to win any awards for sort of being the most technical player or looking like, you know, the type of Rolls Royce centre back that, you know, Van Dyke is. But He's, he's absolutely doing a job for us, isn't he? I thought he was yeah, boxing the just, game. Yeah, he, he is. He's just... He's just get as you say. He's just getting the job done. What he needs, he's a no nonsense defender. He's not. He's not gonna try and, and look the most classy player. He's not gonna try and break all kinds of records. He's just there to do a job. Get rid of that ball. Don't let them have a shot on target. Don't let them win headers. Don't let them get in on our goalie. And you know, so far, so good. Yeah. Cyber defender like your granddad would love, wouldn't he? Go ahead, yeah. lad. Go and head the ball. Go yeah. and tackle him. Smash it forwards and like it. But he does. He puts his head on everything and, and his body on that. Yeah, it? absolutely. You know, and and you know, we're used to seeing a bit more of a. 
cultured centre back at Liverpool over the last couple of years. With you know, with Gomez and, and Van Dijk, you know, they, they can do like the, the physical side, but they're you know, ball players as well and footballers and the quick and stuff. Nat Phillips isn't fast and he isn't a ball, he's not bad on the passing on his distribution actually, but he's putting his body on the line and you know. Fair play to the lad. He was. He looked like he was bombed out and going nowhere at Liverpool. And you know he's getting he's getting games at the moment, and he's doing a job. He's came in and he's doing uh, you know a very good job. And Catback, I'm not going to say is you know is, is ripping up trees and looking like you know some real absolute serious piece of business we've done. But he's been better. You know, just a little bit more better. And it could be just be that he's starting to find his feet a little bit in 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 this Liverpool team. If, if he came into the sides after we've been on a diabolical run of form, he had a bit of a baptism of fire with the derby and stuff. You know, mm. it can't be. I think, I think anybody is going to get more settled if you're playing alongside the same player. You've got the same keeper. You've got the same player in front of you. That's going to help anyone, isn't it? It's Quite easy really... football, isn't it? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. like you think about the things we've been talking about tonight, and you've got both got world class managers. Sometimes, and, a, and a, again, sound ridiculous for me to say as a nomad and a fan or whatever, but sometimes people can just overcomplicate yeah. it, can't they? You, yeah. You've been going on about moaning about a midfielder playing centre-back. Why is he playing centre-back when you got centre-back? Don't play midfield. Yeah. Suddenly, results have turned a little and bit. We, and we look a bit better. We're, yeah. Again, like like we've said, we, we're, we're making a point of not getting carried away. We are... We are me and Judge are trying to get you. I know, we, are, we, are, we are constantly <laughs> bringing it back. I don't want, I don't want the, you know, the Liverpool fans to think we're being proper negative, but... We, we, we've looked a bit better. <laughs> you sound like us. You sound like Evans. <laughs> just don't want to say what we really want to say. Yeah, I, I just, we, 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 we do look good. We, we're not good. We look better. Look but, good, Gary. You said good. We, yeah. we look class. We're going we're gonna to get four defo. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to sort, you know, to, and on that point, I think to move away from the Red Bull game, obviously brilliant for us to be, you know, in, in, in the draw now for them later stages of the Champions League. And, you know, you, you wouldn't put it past Liverpool to sort of put a run together to to the later stages. It's just one of them them sort of things that might well happen. Um, just pleased to be in it. But I think what Gary's saying there, we're not getting carried away. I think the the Wolves results and the, the Wolves performance, that does sort of temper the optimism a little bit because even though we got all three points and it's absolutely vital, you know, with Monday night, we, we've gone to Wolves there and, and it's a tough place to go and play football. It was important as well after everyone around yeah. us and, and well it above us, our way. Yeah, yeah. losing points. But, you know, the, 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 the level of the performance was still, it was a notch down from the Red Bull one. It was like almost, ooh, hang on, there we go again. We've had to really grind it out and, well, that's a really good treat, you know, to, to, to see us do that because we haven't been doing that for, for so long now. It's like, they, they've looked like Beating, you know, when, when the first sign of adversity and not really look like they're being capable of, of doing a number and grinding at three points out when we're ahead. So it was much better to see that in the Wolves game, but it was a bit of a dour performance, wasn't it? I mean, passing wise, I thought it was absolutely abysmal. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just. It was like watching the games we've been watching <coughs> this season, where you you were you weren't really expecting to win the game. It was looking like it was. It could have potentially <coughs> just fizzled out into a nil-nil. It could have been one of them odd ones where they'd they have nicked a goal late on with a with a lost again one nil. But yeah, thankfully we were the ones to nick the goal and, and you know we were we were able to hold on at the end of the game. You no, know, they they did have chances, you know, there's no getting around it. There was there was a few when that the young kid came on, he has a few chances where you're thinking if, if Raul Jimenez is on the end of some of them, mm. the, the, you're probably going to get punished. Um that as I'm a Traore, 
if, if he had an ounce of ability to, to some, some sort Composure. of end, end product, he'd be a player. Yeah. But he's just useless when it comes to end product, <laughs> isn't he? He's, he's just an athlete, isn't he, in a football kit? Yeah, and... if, if, you, if that had been so much like anyone else in the, in the league who has got that ability, look look at like, just for example, the, the, I know they're the best team in the league at the moment, but you look at City, if one of their wingers is doing what he's doing to you there, you, you're going to concede three goals that, yeah. last night. Yeah. Um, so it just shows that it, it we we have we haven't hit the level certainly not in the league this this week that we need to be at to, to try and put a bit of a run together. But again, back back to what you said, even Klopp even says at the end it was a dirty three points and it's what we've lacked massively this year. Then them games where we've we've got beat around this what it was a four or five on the bounce whatever it was we were winning them games last season. You know when when we yep. weren't all right we weren't maybe as bad as we were in these games this season. But the games where we didn't look so good we were still picking up points we were still winning we were certainly not losing because. You know, it was just it wasn't in in our mentality at all. We were, we were constantly picking up points, but you know, thankfully we, we came out this week with the three points, and you know, we've we've got a, a big spell now before we we play again. I think it's Arsenal our next game. Th- three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah. I was gonna say, Gary, how big has it been getting Diego Jota back? Because Massive. He scored last night. You've been saying for the past weeks, Firmino needs dropping. Now he's back, Yota, he's scoring. How big staff he is? It's massive because again, we we've it's not just Firmino hasn't been scoring. It's only Salah really who we've been relying on for goals. And even then, it, it's it's been every other game as opposed to getting them to score every game. The fact that that burden can be shared a little bit, and you know, I was a bit I was a bit wary of too much pressure being put on Jota coming back because he don't don't get, don't uh, forget he Expecting is him. he is still young. <laughs> he's the expectation coming into this Liverpool side who would. Absolutely desperate for points, desperate for goals. Him coming in as like a, a forward who everyone's now relying on because the, the front three aren't performing. He, he's come in and he's, he's done the job again for us in this game. He, he's got a, he's got a goal in the league for us. He's got us a win, and you know he, he just looks like a breath of fresh air for us. Yeah, and you know you're right. It, it is a massive thing for him to you know to come back and. I think, you know, what you said there, that you've got to be careful with the burden of expectation on him. He is young, he did have a serious injury there, but he has came back and he's hit the ground running and he's, he's actually played quite a lot of minutes, a lot, probably more than we would have expected coming back from such a serious injury, but you can see the difference he makes, you know, the the, the way he's involved in goals and, 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 and stuff, you know, against Red Bull, he started the move, you know, and he, he, he's... He, he isn't just giving us goals now that he's, he's obviously scored the one against Wolves. He's also given us, you know, energy and fight and he, he's getting around the pitch. He puts it about in the same way that, you know, we get that from Firmino, but the difference is Jota's got, a, looks like he's got a little bit more of a predatory instinct in the box. So, mm. absolutely vital to have him back. Um, no one, and, you know, I, I think what only, he's doing for the injury. What he's doing, what Firmino doesn't, is when he gets the ball, he wants to go forward. Yep. He's not trying to just, he's not trying to maybe like, keep the ball and lay it off and, and then just his job's done and he's not striving forward. He's getting it turning, running at the defence, trying to lay people in. He's trying to be in positions in the area. Firmino, for me, he's not in the area enough. Mm. When, we're, when we're in this this run of form now where you know, Salah's having pot shots from the edge of the area, um, Mane's trying to run past four players before he before he can have a shot because the, 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 the um, area is so congested. Diogo Jota's in the area all the time. So when he leaves loose balls that fall, like, normally their defenders are just clearing every time. We've got that chance there of Jota and he seems to be in the right places a lot. So he's, he'll pick them balls up and, and get a few goals along the way by just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, which is really important straight to have. I mean, whilst we're talking about you know individual performances, what, what have you made of Salah Mane at the moment? Because for me, 
I know Salah's been getting goals. Mane is ice cold in front of goals. You seen? He's you, literally. You, like, you seen on our WhatsApp last night what what I was saying? He's doing yeah, my head in Mane at the minute. He's yeah. just he just looks like a player who's not interested. Yeah, I, I, I think that's slightly unfair because I still think he's getting in dangerous positions and he's still making good runs and stuff. But he looks like he's got zero sort of conviction. It's like I know I'm not scoring this. You know, I he's just smashing, yeah, he's, he's swiping think, at things and missing them. And but the times where like where was we're so used to Mane and his work rate and his work ethic and he's and he's he'll chase he'll chase balls that he's got no right to win and win them and get in and and he'll get beyond defenders with them and things like that. He, he, he seems to have lost the, that attitude. For me, he's balls that all right. He's probably it's probably seventy thirty in the defenders' favour. But last season and the season before, he was still going for them and winning maybe four out of ten of them, which would then potentially lead to goals or at least chances. Now it seems like he's given up on on them them balls too easily. Now. I know there's something to be said about conserving energy, especially while we're struggling, and you can use that in in instances that we we do look a bit more threatening. But they they were chances for us last season. He was he was getting in. He was getting he was getting the ball across to Firmino or Salah or or a, or a midfielder coming in. And now I, I pointed it out a few times. I thought Phil was obviously the super red defender to me, but <laughs> he, he 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 was trying to obviously say, well, he's just set up that goal there. I was like, all right, yeah, I've obviously voiced it at a bit of a bad time because he's just got an assist for Jota. But that was the the first time he, he he's followed through with something and laid it off first time as opposed to trying to take a man on. And for me, he's just he's just looking like he he's been a bit more disinterested this year than. Than he has done. Yeah, and the only thing I'd, I'd maybe add, not this year. This, in, yeah, in this little recently, run of form. Yeah. The only thing I'd add to that is I think you know that left hand side has been a real sort of powerhouse left hand side with Andy Robertson getting up there and supporting him, overlapping, you know, really penning fullbacks right in, and 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 that gives Mane opportunities because it it means there's no out ball for them, you know, where he can put that press on and he might rob them or, or nick it or whatever, which is what we do, you know, we press high up the pitch. I think you've seen Robertson this season. He's, he's been a lot more withdrawn, hasn't he? He's sort of he isn't getting forward nearly as much. So maybe Marnie's just thinking, well, there's no point me flogging myself to get there because there's an out ball immediately, you know. And, he, yeah. and so it looks like he's given up on ones that last season he might have capitalised on because I don't think Robertson is quite applying that press as as much as diligently. And that's probably you know the fact that the defence has been a patch up job. So Trent and Robertson have probably been the two senior defenders, so they've yeah. they've been a bit more wary about getting forward. But so I think. In Marnie's defence, I don't think it's because, you know, personally he's not bothered or he's he's, he's got less interest in, in, in... I think there's been... He's probably recognising, like, there's no point me killing myself to get that because I probably won't get it, is is, is what I would say. But, but no, I mean, you know, it, it certainly wasn't a, a vintage one against Wolves and it, 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 it's, it's a pretty forgettable performance, but it's a, in, in the context of what we've done this season and, and you know, the, the way our results are being going, it's an absolutely vital three points. And, and as Gary said, you know, there's been... Some some results gone our way, and it was it was it was major for us to capitalise on that. And now we go into this break, um, international break. I hope none of our players are involved in any international games. Um, but hopefully, you know, the ones who aren't, it gives them a, it gives them a blow, and and hopefully the ones the ones that are don't get worked too hard. Um, and and maybe we can just sort of you know get a little bit of a breather, and 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 hopefully it gives us a platform now to go into the final last. What is it? Ten games. As much as a cliche as this is, we literally just need to look at it as one game at a time. We just need to go into this next game against Arsenal yeah. and be let. Let's focus on this. Get the three points. To it's going to be hard because they seem they seem to be you know putting a bit of form together now, and they, they seem to be gelling a lot more than they were maybe at the beginning of the season. But 
it's it's a it's a game that has has benefited us recent, in recent memories. You know, we 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 have fared well against Arsenal, so I'm hoping that can continue and we can and we can pick up three points. The shift in your mentality as fans is so like your attitude last season. Was, I don't care who we're playing. I always back us to win, no matter what. And it's like it's gone from that. Just pragmatic. We need to take it one game at a time. It doesn't listen, matter who we're playing. You've got to though, haven't you? You've, you've got now to. you've had to change gear uh, because pff, we've been garbage, haven't we? So. We got we got loads of messages today from from Reddit Tuesday. We can't get to them all. We've picked one out, which is a bit of a loaded question for you two, Gary and Teddy. So, it's from someone called Ben, and he said, "Hi, Reds. A question for the show. Um, what are your hopes for the transfer window this summer? What needs doing for you, and who would you sign and sell?" He goes on to say he'd send back back to his parent club, and he'd let Nat Phillips be pro- providing backup for the three returning centre halves. Reese Williams to be loaned out to a good level. Championship side to continue his development. Origi and Chamberlain out, bring some money in to address the issue for him, which is a good right-back to push Trent or even allow Trent to play in midfield when called upon. And he's ended it by saying, does that sound good? Well, it, it, obviously, it's it, it's, a, it, it's a bit early to be looking at the summer window, I think, because, you know, the way injuries are going for us, who knows, we might, we might end up needing more positions to, to be filled. But... I think if I, if I start off first and foremost with Kabak, it, it, it's a tough one to say we'll definitely just send him back. You know, we, what's he played? Six games or something or, or something like that. It's it, it's hard to say that, he, you know, it's a definite no. It depends what else is out there and available in the marketplace. If there's a better option, we were linked with Coletta Carr, weren't we? Um, it was so a three-fourth choice centre-back, though, because Matip will come back with Gomez yeah, and well, in, in all fairness, I don't think we should be relying on Matip <coughs> as being a third choice now. I, I think they'd they, they let Matip go if a, if a good enough really? offer come in, yeah. yeah as, I mean, long, as long as they, they've got their, their plans in place for... Centre and and that's the thing, you know. I would have Phillips as a as a live option as maybe a third or fourth choice. Um, I think Matip for me, he's a, he's a big earner at Liverpool, and he doesn't really play a lot of games now. You know, he, he is very injury prone. He's just had another serious injury there that's kept going to keep him out for the rest of this season. He's not getting any younger. I think what is he thirty two, or thirty one or something like, something like that. So. I, you know, I, I think relying on him, relying on Joe Gomez's injury records, you know, he's had a lot of serious injuries for a young centre-back now, Gomez, where it's like any one of them could start to, like, start to tell and, you know, he could feel him. I think we do need, you know, maybe to have a rethink on the centre-backs. I, I think I'd love us to be able to say, yeah, Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip, because on form and injury-free, it's a, it's a superb three, that, you know, to have as your, as your, your, your first three and then you can back it up with whoever you want, but... I think maybe Matip is is a possible shift out for me. Um, just he's just not reliable, and Nat Phillips at, at the moment has maybe got a, an option as a fourth or fifth choice. But I think it's a bit early to say definitely you send Kabak back. You know, I, I don't know. I think I'd give him t- at least to the end of the season to make your mind Have up you on got that. To sign him? No, we're right in saying this. No, you, no, we're not obligated to sign him. No, um, so there might be other options that are out there, and you know, and you know, we've been linked with. Um, Oh, who's, the, who's the other lad at Red Bull? Not not um not Upa Makano, who's gone. Canate, the other centre back mm. at Red Bull. We've been linked with him as well. Who's, who's apparently said he'd be interested in the pool came in. So I think the club are in a good position on that one. You can see what happens. But where I do agree with the listener is we need live cover for, for Trent. You know, proper legitimate right back cover. Saying this for two years, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been saying it for two years, and you know he's a young lad, and he to be fair, we're playing him to death. You know, like because there isn't really sufficient cover there. And Nico Williams for me just you know. I'd like to. I'd like to see him make it at Liverpool. I just don't think he's good enough. You know, I don't think he's quick. I don't even think he's defensively sound, which I think is the area of that Trent's game has got a real weakness. I would like to see it. You know, a live right back option come in. Um, 
not just to not necessarily to push Trent because it's it's almost like you know we're talking about someone there who potentially could be one of the best you know wing back sort of full backs in 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 world football, but certainly someone that you know you wouldn't be. I'm, I'm probably someone who, who offers something a bit different to him. Yeah. You know, if you do want to kind of play a more traditional defensive yeah. right back to go, okay, we can do that. It's not going to harm the team. Exactly. Say, and it's actually going to give us something something a bit different. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, a live option, somebody can go in there, I think is good. And whether that give, does give us the potential platform to, to see what Trent can, can offer in a midfield position, maybe. I don't think that'll happen under Klopp, if I'm no, honest. I, don't I think that'll either. be a new manager that maybe tries that one. But why not? You know, but a, a, a full-back option for Trent is, is definitely, you know, something that I would have on my wish list. And then from the midfield, you know, I don't know whether you agree with this, Gary, but Oxley chamberlain for me, he can go. I'd, I'd, I'd cut my losses on Cater if we got enough money in for him as well. Um, Shaqiri's probably going to have suitors, people coming in for him. But they're, they're, they're obviously three players who you'd, you'd like to think you could bring some serious money in for um, to fund. Well, if, if you get rid of them three, you could probably fund one and a half serious players in, in return couldn't you Al- you know what I mean I mean fee I mean fee wise someone with one leg you know what I mean I mean fee wise another matter you know little Ken Wright deal half a player yeah. 10 million this summer 10 million next summer yeah, where's the ox money yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I wouldn't be too disheartened if we did let them go but I would be if we let them go and didn't bring anyone in. Yeah. And it was, you know, we, we, we let them three midfielders go and brought a, a forward and a right back in. I, I, I think then you'd, you'd be looking at, you know, where, where is the cover? If, if we have similar injuries to this year, if, if two of our mainstay midfielders, you're then relying on a Milner who's 34, 35. Curtis you know, Jones who's a kid. Curtis Jones who's still a kid who's still developing yet. So, you know, if, if we're going to bring in at least one, one replacement for that and, and, and 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 then put the other money to towards you know strengthening the forward line or or getting a cover in for Trent or something, something along them lines. Then yeah, by all means for me that they, they, they could be they could be shipped out. But for me it's again it's got to be for the right money. You know I don't just want for the sake of letting them go just to bring in ten mil. It'd have to be for for the right money and and, and be able to go towards strengthening our, our team. Yeah, no, I agree, and you know I, I think. The one that we're most likely to get a return on is probably Oxley Chamberlain. Kaiser, surely? Well, I don't know. His, 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 his six, stock's fallen quite a lot, hasn't he? I think they're, they're still... Probably still high in Germany, though, do you think? His stock, cause he, he was I the don't think we're going to get what I, we I paid for him. Some, I think there's something to do with... There's something you can do in terms of like swap deals and that, though. Do you know what I mean? There's mm. a lot of players knocking about in Germany who, who you know, you could, you could probably convince them to part with. Because the, no, the thing with the clubs in Germany, with the exception of Bayern... Even Dortmund, really, they know they're going to lose their top players eventually. Mm. And it's like, if we are going to lose them, the biggest issue is they can normally not replace them. Yeah, yeah. So if they can get a cater, whoever it is, you know what I mean? Like, you've got Leon Bailly, um, uh, no, 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 not much of Gladbach. Um, my God. Still on. Schalke or just no naming every German team. Yeah, yeah he's a, he's a, oh <laughs> Schalke. I'm naming every German team. Schalke <laughs> 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 were also bottom of the league. They've been proper sorry. Have to do a little bit of Google. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like there's there's players out there, isn't there, who, who are possibly <coughs> present a good option for us. Who, who maybe you could use Kater, but again, it's down to the player, isn't it? It's whether he's want to go back to Germany or does he see it now like, you know, I'm in Premier League money. Does he want to go back to Germany sort of thing? And, but what with, choice uh, has he got though? He's not, no other team in the Premier League is going to take him. 
Yeah. You know, he's obviously established himself in Germany. He, he still has a decent platform with Leipzig. I think he, you know, he'll still in his in his own mind, and, and rightfully so, I suppose, still think that he, he can still make it at the very top level, but he, he just knows that maybe that move is a little bit too early for him, you know, if he's going to be honest. Yeah, um, possibly. You'd probably say that as well. Yeah, and but for me, I'd look at it and, and I think you know the way it seems to be the, the case with like English players that are like likable. There's always somebody who wants to buy them, isn't there? And I think Oxley Chamberlain, even you know, he's not in great form. It's it's it, it, I sort of have that feeling towards him. I, I like him. I, I badly want him to succeed, but he's just not reliable. Is he? He's not reliable injury wise. And when now when he's playing, he looks like he's worried about getting injured and stuff. Doesn't yeah, he? that's the thing. And like he, he's when, when he's in, when he does get a regular. You know, regular run in the team, and he and he is at as as top level fitness and stuff. He, he has definitely got something to offer us, and, and he, he could do a job, but it's just you're, you're not getting it enough. So yeah, mm. realistically, you, you've got to let them players go. Yeah. So there are things that we need to do, you know, to to, to probably improve this team and this squad. And I think you know there is there is options and, and levers we can pull on there to move players out and possibly give us a bit of a budget to get some more in and stuff. Um, but. I don't think the listener's far wrong in, in, in what he's saying is the areas that he'd target. Um, but actually putting names down and saying who who he'd want to get in is really difficult. Um, if if Wayne so Alden can't even name the clubs that they're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> if if Wayne Alden actually actually yeah. does go, then you know that poses a big problem in itself. Cause yeah, absolutely. You've, he, he's a he's been a mainstay in our team for for two, three, four years now. So he's got to he's got to be replaced. It can't just be Curtis Jones as his replacement. He, he's he, Curtis Jones, if anything, was Lalana's replacement at first. So, mm. Genie Wijnaldum has got to be replaced if he goes. Mm. Which is a tough one, isn't it? Because he's yeah. so versatile. Yeah. Fair enough, Judgy. He was on the boxing podcast with Terry and Phil for the um, the boxing in December, was it November? Canelo and Callum Smith. That's it. Um, Fury and Joshua has been announced. That A two-fight deal has been signed. Mm. Now, me and Gary have got to pay about 30, 40 quid for this when it comes on box office. You're going to pay seven fifty. Tell our listeners how you can legally pay seven pound fifty to watch Fury v Joshua, as well as every Premier League game through our sponsors. Yeah, yeah. As, <clears throat> as we as we plug plug quite a lot on on the show, um, we we've teams up with with Stream located in this part. of like the the supporters of the show. They sent me um one of their boxes out, which is probably the best way to describe it. Um, it just sits alongside or or, or near your router. Um, and you basically plug uh, your router directly into this other router-looking device, mm-hmm. um, and then it just redirects redirects your traffic, if you will, so that it tells your um, any any service that you subscribe to that you you're in another country. So I've I've signed up to DAZN or D A Z N, DAZN. I'm told reliably that is how you pronounce <laughs> it, um, and I purchased the Canadian version of that subscription by telling. The stream locator or the stream locator telling the zone that I'm based in Canada. It's a legal, um, you know, it's a it's a legal service that, that so people in Canada can purchase this subscription. And your your, your stream locator is basically allowing you to do that legally, isn't it? Yeah, it's allowing me to, to purchase it, a Canadian version mm-hmm. of the zone account, which which costs roughly seven pounds a month and allows me to watch all the Premier League games and, and yeah. But is it legal? <laughs> it's legal. That's, yeah, that's it. I've got to get this in. I just, Our I just, sponsors <laughs> make us say it's legal. Not, not only that, I don't want the police knocking at me door. Do you know what I mean? Um, they got enough to do at the moment. The police with with uh, turfing people off off football pitches, but. Um, yeah, it's as as I say, it's 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 saved me a, a ton of money, and I know a lot of our listeners have done the same in terms of, um, you know, 
a lot, a lot of our listeners have done the same because they do message us, and, and yeah, the link definitely. is on our website anyway. So if you want to try and find find out more, you can click the link, and and obviously you can purchase one of the, one you can purchase a stream locator. Yeah, strongly recommend the top lads over at stream locator as well. They've got a, a service as well. If you do have any problems, get in touch with them. They are on across the park podcast Scroll down to the bottom. There's a big stream locator page there. There's another one for our other great sponsors over at Camper Kings. Gary, there's not going to be any more real red content now because you don't play for three weeks but I'm going to let you pick the order where do we go next do you want this week in history or do you want higher or lower what do you want sorry to jump in there guys um, just if, if, if I can um, I just want to say we did get a, a message in from a listener um, it was Paul Johnson who got in touch to say he really enjoys the show um, he's, he's listened to us for quite a while and, and likes what we do on the podcast loves the balance of the show um, he has asked if we can do a birthday request um, for his dad Roy Johnson who's 65 on Thursday I believe Um Big, big red Roy. Um, he's, he's apparently been to five European Cup finals and he's hoping for a sixth this season. Uh, so, you know, we're with you on that one, Roy. Hopefully we get there and, and you can you can get to the sixth one. Um, but if you're listening on your birthday and it's Thursday today, happy birthday, mate. Hope you have a great day. And Paul, thanks for getting in touch with the message. Really appreciate the feedback. Sorry, guys, go on. I'll go higher or lower. Higher or lower. Right, okay. Judgy, there's blues with the finger over the cassette player, Zed cars. We need you to beat the here <laughs> for this one. So we're going to start. I was looking at the high and low stats, really. That's your phone, Gary. <laughs> in, in, in Phil's absence, I'll try and do it justice. I was looking at different things we can do. So I thought Premier League hat-tricks, search Liverpool first, tons. Search for Everton, <laughs> as about four. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to do hat-tricks we for Liverpool. We share goals out, Milsey. Yeah, we do, absolutely <laughs> right. We're going to do Premier League hat-tricks out, for Liverpool. Share them up round the season, I mean. <laughs> and Premier League, we'll top Premier League goal scorers for Everton. Okay. So, Gary and Terry, we'll start with the Everton question for you first. In 2008 and 2009 season, Everton's Premier League leading scorer was Tim Cale. Was a higher or lower than 10? Lower, oh, yes. <laughs> um, I don't feel like you're gonna do do the blues out of, out of a higher here with ten. I'm I, gonna, I I think it'd be higher. That I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say he scored about thirteen. I reckon about twelve. Okay, Judgey, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Did Tim he definitely Kyle knows it's matter for the blues. This ten Premier League goals for Everton. <laughs> Actually, it's on the kids' head, you know. Um, it can't be a trick question and it's actually 10 where we were, no, there's no, no way we were getting it right. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I think we had a few players that were on that were on like 8 or 9 or between 7 and 9 goals. Um, Just thinking back at the team who was in the team. So I gave you leading goal scorer I didn't even got 10. <laughs> Come on. 10? It's mad he's not even a striker. No, he has, <laughs> I'm dying to that about him. I'm sitting on the fence dying to like... No, it was. We had we had Louis Sahar as well. Around then, you tell me. I can't help you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was all now when you lost in the FA Cup final. Yeah, it was against Chelsea. Yeah, so he yeah. scored the opening goal, didn't he? No, it was Sahar. Sahar scored the yeah, opening that's goal. That's what I mean. Yeah. Osman got a few. Arteta got injured towards the end of the season. We definitely shared the goals out. Um, Higher or lower? <laughs> lower. <laughs> the correct answer is eight. Ah, soggy now. <laughs> Got to an FA Cup final. Oh, Premier League goals, though, and we had Jacobo injured and we had Joe on loan in the second half of the season. <laughs> I, think, I thought Joe God. was the following season, but yeah. We're going to stick with the. We're going to do three Everton and then three Liverpool to give you a chance okay. to run away with it. All right. So, very similar question. 
In 2016-17, Everton's Premier League leading goal scorer he, was, you asking, sorry, you asking all the for the Reds, yeah, was Romelu Lukaku. Was a higher or lower than 23. Premier League goals. Premier League. Premier only, League. Always Premier League. I feel, I feel like I remember this being a big thing and it was like, and I think he got 22, 21 or 20. He definitely got more than 20. Premier League goals. Yeah, I'm pretty certain he did because because it was a bit. It wasn't it at the end of the season? Someone come out with a mad stat on Twitter can't where help, I can't do it. Where he, if you take take took away all of his goals, he'd have finished in exactly the same place in the yeah, league or something like that. Because he's a score like the third goal yeah, in a three. Yeah, three but he did, but he did score quite a lot. So I'm going. What did you give us? Twenty three. Twenty three. I'm giving you. I think I remember it being like 21, 22, So I'm going to go lower. I'm saying lower. Lower. Judgy lower as well. Yeah. All three lower. Yeah. Answers 25. What's 25? In the league. No. Wow. We're, we're in Europe on that, yeah. are we? So. Want to check on that. We went up the cup competitions in the first round. I thought times. you got 22 as well. Tim Cale didn't get that, and he, he didn't play in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> check right, on so, that. So we're still at 1 well, 11. So <clears throat> did he finish leading goal scorer? No, no. So who did that to No, he, he took a penalty on the last game. He, he took a penalty off someone at Arsenal just to take it, try and get up there. I think Harry Kane and, and Salah. It's rare, it's rare, you know, to score. He was like, up there that, right that up until... Play it, like, forwards, get more than 20 in a in There was, a like, two players who got more than that, Because I remember he took a penalty. We were 3-0 down, I saw the last thing. He took the penalty, wanting to, like... VAR, check on that. Do you VAR all that? You, do, or do you want, my friends? Go on. It's still 1-0 nil, still one nil to Everton with the last Everton question. Very similar again. In 2009-2010, Everton's Premier League leading goal scorer was Louis Saha. Was a higher or lower than 11? What year was this? Nine, ten. So that's the year after Kale finished leading goal scorer on eight. So Gary just said in 2009 he scored the opening goal in the cup final. So we're talking a following season then. Is a, is a higher or lower than 11? <laughs> Miserable being an Everton fan. Seen about nine goals. Um, could be 40 for all you know. This should be misery. Zaha. Come on. Zaha. Zaha or whatever. Um I'm just I'm just going higher on the basis that he's a striker in the Premier League and he's got to score more than 11 goals, surely. <laughs> At Evan. Terry does not want to commit to this. An oh, it's a horrible one, this, because you've got to think about Millsy's mind as well. Does he want to finish on like a good point for the Blues? Yeah. Playing Millsy, aren't you? There's three more, there's three more Liverpool questions um, to come. Like I'm this. going higher than 11. Surely it's higher. It's got to be higher than 11. Go on then. They go higher. Reds have gone higher. Judgey, yeah, higher or lower than 11? I think it's 13. 13 final answer. Mm. Extra point. 13 it is. So no we, so no we, such extra point. All right. So we leave the Everton <laughs> section. 1 0 Everton, basically. <clears throat> That's the way we like it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we move on to the Reds. Hat tricks. First question. Robbie Fowler holds the record number of Premier League hat tricks for Liverpool. Me, is it higher or oh, so for Judge yeah, Is it higher or lower than nine? Teddy's on Google. No, I'm not. I'm still looking at the Lukaku one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was twenty-five. So, higher or lower than what? Nine. Higher or lower nine. than nine. So let, let's, let's do the. Um, he's the he's the top. He's the record, but is yeah, it higher yeah. or lower than nine? So, Davy around what ninety. Three, four. Three, yeah. 93. Good. Is this just for Liverpool? Just for Liverpool. Only Premier League. Must have had like eight, nine years. Obviously went past 2001 because that was in the UEFA Cup. Um, nine years. Yeah, it's got to be higher. It's got to be. 
Okay. Got to be. Over to the Reds. To reckon, guys. I feel like I know this answer. Do you? Yeah. I think I've seen it on, on a Liverpool's TV channel. I, th- I think it's eight. I think it's lower than nine. I think I think it's eight. But close, yeah. Um I'll I'll go I'll go low because that, that as soon as you said father it come to my mind that I, 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 I think I've seen it on, on I the, think you're right I think it's mar- slightly less than nine so judge is going double figures and you're thinking sing, single figures basically yeah. yeah I think it's slightly less than nine yeah the final answer eight go ahead, yeah, so it's the equaliser for the Reds okay, two more questions here Daniel Sturridge scores higher or lower than two Premier League hat tricks for Liverpool. This is Tommy the judge first, first, isn't it? Judgey, sorry, yeah. I can't remember any. So <laughs> remember loads of braces. Um, I can't remember any, so I'm going to say lower. Okay, to the Reds. I think it's higher. Do you? I, I'm in the I'm in the same mind as Judge. I can't remember any. So for for storage, I. I and I think based on like normally, if I could remember one, I think well, if I can remember one, there'll be another one. So do you think? Yeah, I'm not going to say it. I'll ask the question. <laughs> As I thought, maybe because he's gone two. If, if, if I could remember one, I think well, I'm probably missing one, so there'll be another one. And if he's mm-hmm. gone two, it'll be three. So yeah. if I can't remember any, I'm thinking there might be one. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I know what you mean. Like I can't picture the games we were against, but <sighs> no. I, I do think so. What was his best season for Liverpool? He scored 25, the one with, with Sterling and Suarez, wasn't it? What? There's one with Sterling and Suarez. 2014. Oh, yeah. yeah. The year. I think he got 25 goals, didn't he? Or something like 24 goals that season. Um, but he was scoring every week, so that I don't think that would have been Atrics. I think he, I think he well, might only have on. one. I'm go on. Go, I'd, I'd go lower. He's quicker than... Blue, you time really here, don't we? Come on, pressure I'm, on here. I'm going higher. Pressing them into the corner. Right, we'll, we'll disagreements here. Yeah. Go on, go on. We'll, we'll go higher then. Final answer. Yeah. Daniel Sturridge scores one hat trick yes. for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. 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 And like one nil wins and stuff, so they're important was, goals. Mm. And before he came, what I was going to say is, before he came to use, he was never that prolific. He, he, but like, no, but he used of, to get plays on like the right. I know, but he kind of transformed him into a goal scorer. But then he still wasn't like. It was the one hat trick against the ones there, because there's definitely one there. But mm. look, it's two one to Everton with one final question: Can the Reds stop Everton running away with it again? Judgey <laughs> again. Start. Yeah, we we're, we're, we're doing well on this. This higher and lower. Luis Suarez. Scores higher or lower than five hat tricks no, for Liverpool. Get a few um, five Premier League. <sighs> five and the and Fowler's the record holder with eight. That's what I mean. But he did. He yeah. A bit like Fowler, he got a lot of quick fire hat tricks. I think we're like, you know, they were like in over twenty in a twenty minute spell in the game. Mm. He's always been he, he's been that type of player since he left as well. He just get hat tricks. I don't think it's more than five though. I think it's four, so I'm gonna say lower. 
Okay, so he's gone lower. Terry and Gary. Higher. I think it could be higher. I, mean, I think it's higher. He got Norwich. three against Norwich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I think we're there. higher. From a yeah. psych- psychologically. <laughs> I'm going higher. With, I reckon he's got six. Two, two, four. Higher. We are at a stalemate six. It is <laughs> well, a 2-2 two, two final score. And the one in between, Gary, Suarez and Fowler, was Michael Owen with seven. It's mad, isn't it? And then six. there's a big gap there. Torres and Salah with three. Six hat-tricks oh. from Suarez. How many seasons have you got Liverpool? Five. Four. Four. Five, wasn't it? Four to five. Four and a half. See, that's Avia that went with not me with the storage one we'd have won there. <laughs> <laughs> did no, not budget. Story, did not budget for the draw there, so there's no, no penalty shootouts. We'll, we'll go again next week. Gary, what have you got for this week in history for the Reds? Well, sticking on the hat trick topic, oh, man. Lovely. You, you like this one. Lovely. 2012. Um, uh, our probably most famous captain, of certainly of, of recent years. Scored a wonderful, wonderful hat-trick at Anfield against none other than the other side of the park. Or oh, I should say yeah. across the park. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was... Yeah. Do you know what I, I, I always found mad about it? <coughs> I feel like it was talked about loads about hat-tricks in derbies because Ian Rush was the last one to do it leading up to that game. For that game in particular, I don't, I don't know why I remember hearing quite a lot about hat-tricks. And then during the game, watching it unfolding, it was just like... I was dying for him to get the the, the third goal, and yeah. when when he went bursting through because he, he he broke the play up and he was driving at the defence, then he laid it off he to Suarez, Suarez, and you just think yeah. Suarez is going to finish this now, and then he cut he back. It, he? Yeah, but then he, <laughs> he messed it up, didn't he? Near yeah. at the bar. Yeah, but yeah, that was a that was some wonderful memory. No, it, yeah. it was. It was, and you know, it's, it, we were talking with the other day about like right. the, the sort of <laughs> the best eleven, you know, derby goal scorers, and I think that you know you were trying to half say that Gerard didn't get in, weren't you? For some, Doesn't. which was nonsense. <laughs> but you know what I mean? As Gary's just said there, like how many actual goal scorers is to be in a derby? Gerard on a derby with the man, weren't he? Man he's done the, the celebration, didn't he? With the ball under his top and his yeah, hands, yeah. and the, it's, a, it's a bit of banter back. And I think fair play to him; it was never. Even though I'm never told saying this, sometimes it could be a bit nasty one way. He had a bit of bit of banter back, which was what we're all about, isn't it? It was, yeah. it was probably nice to see looking back. Not at the time. I was in the Annie Roads that night, and we a little story. Me and Gaza were in the Winslow. Judge never went to that one, for, or not with me anyway. But no. Moyes rested yeah. five or six players because we had Sunderland in the FA Cup yeah, quarter final. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I was like, we turned up and we were playing like. Drenthe and, and, and Tony, but it was like well, well, got robbed for one of the goals. Yeah. Actually, he got dispossessed. Didn't <laughs> big he? Dennis Stachelers, he was up front with Big Victor and the TV and things, and he turned up to that game thinking we are going to get transport. Anything but Gerard getting absolutely good <laughs> win, all right. And then, yeah. To be fair though, I mean, in that game because I've had more, I remember there was loads mm-hmm. of like good chances. I think we played uh, Suarez and Carroll up front, I think, and Gerard, and then Gerard was playing, you know, obviously behind and. It was. It was a, you know. Martin it, Kelly played right back that game because he <clears throat> he was the one who the, the, goal, the first he? goal. Well, it, it came to him and he, he had a shot to keep it saved and it come back out to Gerard and he sort of clipped one out over yeah, everyone like into he, the yeah, corner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, lovely, lovely memory. And it was nice when Millsy messaged us through the week and said, uh, "What are you going to do for your weekend history? Just want to do this." And it was <laughs> this, like, this will be a good one. Exactly what's coming. We'll do that one next year. He knew exactly what was coming down the pipe. I'm going to do this one next year again. Yeah, so nice memory. Reds, let us know if you agree with the Reds on our socials. Twitter and Instagram is at Across the Park PC and Facebook is at Across the Park Podcast. Judge, it's our turn for this week in history. And we're going to do a week. It was a bit of a, a week that started really low back in 2002. Me and you did go to this game together. I've never sat and seen you look so dejected at a half time. 3 0 down in the quarter final at the Riverside. Yeah. There was no coming back. 
The away ends got quite quite nasty. Style, yeah. Walter Smith lost his job. David Moyes comes in in this week in history, and on this day we're recording, we beat Fulham in his first game. So he comes out, the fans are behind him. We've, we've wanted this new manager, no disrespect to Walter Smith, we've wanted a new manager as fans for a while. He comes in, 30 seconds in, or 27 David seconds Unsworth in, we're 1-0 up, David Unsworth, Park end. Big Duncan Ferguson scores, makes it 2-0. Tommy Graveson gets sent off. 2-1, Yeah, they score, we hold on. And I think it took us out the relegation zone and yeah. gave us a bit of bit of breathing space. Lots to talk about there. Let's go back first of all to the Riverside. Yeah, I mean, anyone the, who's the, ever the been... The fans turning, didn't they, that yeah, time? Yeah, anyone who's ever been to the Riverside knows one of the grimmest places on earth. <laughs> it's so depressing. No disrespect to anyone who lives in, in Middlesbrough, but I've never known like the surroundings of a ground to be so depressing. Like, driving up to it, just mm, grim, isn't nothing. it? A bridge, not, a bridge on a sails. Yeah, like, yeah, you go under the bridge, don't you? So, mm. like, there's like a little kind of half a boozer that you, you can go in, but then there's there's like a gym and stuff. It's just nothing there. It's terrible. Can, can I just like, say, there's, there's a lot of halves going on in this episode, isn't it? Gary's buying half a player. You're talking about half a boozer. <laughs> no, it was not even a proper boozer. Like, it's not even a full on. You, you get there and you know it's going to be full and that. You can't go in there. I think I think most of the time they say there's no way fans allowed in actually. So, but <laughs> we had a few drinks on the way up there. Um, on a band as coach. Yeah, and it, and it was you know you know what as well like and that that's the thing with with Everton and I, and I know we're not the only club to be like this. Whenever there's a, <laughs> there's a there's an occasion to be had, the atmosphere is amazing isn't mm-hmm. it? and the away end that day was bouncing and we we, we knew we weren't a, a great size at the time, but it was like a, a bit of a ray of light in that season possibly weren't it. And the Evans Everton does because we were we were terrible that day. We didn't turn up, as you say, three nil. weren't even in the game, and it was that 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 was the uh, time when they had that. Paul in scored and done a cartwheel in front of our yeah. ends because he was getting <laughs> so much stick. Because obviously, ex Liverpool captain, ex United captain. Mm. And he'd done a cartwheel, didn't he, in front mm. of us, and like pissed on. He was like Alan looking under his legs and stuff. <laughs> Alan Boxing, Jesus <laughs> Christ. But, uh, With Steve yeah. Simmonson in goal. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a grim time. Two uh, two or three days later, funny story, a sad story for the listeners. Mm. Me and Judge were in like sixth form college at the time, not too far from Goodison, and we heard, didn't we, that Walter Smith had been sacked. So we had nothing better to do. We had to free free periods. We, we walked out to Goodison. We were going down to buy our tickets for Derby away. What were we? That's yeah. what it was. Committed us, which, like which was the, Proper was the game after the Fulham game. <laughs> anyway, there's a news crew, and they, they, they look at me and Judgy, and they go, "Any, any words for, for, for the ITV news?" No, it was Sky Sports. It was a Sky Sports, yeah. and then we both say a few bits. I don't get on there, Judge. Just two minutes finishing <laughs> on Sky Sports news, talking all this like in-depth analysis, which is <laughs> our listeners know is correct to not, this not day. Not photogenic <laughs> now, and you were photogenic <laughs> then <laughs> to this day. But then a the day later. David Moyes comes in, and then a few days later, the Fulham game. What are your memories? We down the ground again. We did outside <laughs> the first day. So what are your memories of, of that, that initial few days, David Moyes coming in and that Fulham game? Um, I, I think, you know, like you, like you pointed out before, and it's probably a good time to say, you know, um, our, our thoughts and prayers go mm. to Walter Smith, who's obviously in hospital mm. at the moment. And we were talking about Walter Smith actually last week, and everyone's got mixed feelings about him. We've done, we've been fortunate enough to share you know a room with a few of the players who plays under Smith and a lot of them have got a lot of you know fond memories to the extent of the job he done under difficult circumstances and, and I've got a lot of um you know got a lot of time for the job he done and, and I'm one of those people who at the time you know there was some bad time like we as, as you just said then Millsy and we were talking we went to a lot of the games pretty much home and away 
during that time and it wasn't great. Mm. Some of the performances were grim, but you know, we, we were never, with the exception of maybe five games to go, we were never in a proper dogfight where it was last game of the season. So we did keep us at, you know, out of trouble in the main. But that season in particular got really bad and we were just desperately mm. in need of a change, weren't we? Something fresh and Moyes come in, um obviously as a you know, done a solid job at, at Preston and he just, he was everything that Smith wasn't at the time. Mm-hmm. He was young, Coach. energetic, hungry, he had ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was eager to prove himself. Smith had come from Rangers, having won everything under the sun and, and didn't really have anything to prove in the game. And, and you know, it was just the right time, wasn't it? And credit yeah. to, to Bill Kenwright for, for because there was, a, there was a load of managers who you would have thought, well, let's put him in charge because he'll get mm-hmm. them out of trouble. Moyes didn't have a track record in the Premier League, didn't have a track record of surviving relegation. Mm-hmm. He, it was a big gamble and it was a massive... Some you know, of the names there, I remember link, being linked with like George Bailey and like yeah. Dave Jones and stuff and it was like, that'll yeah. be the same again for the next five years. There's yeah, but at be the same time, we were probably thinking, mm, well, maybe George Bailey, one of them might be able to get us out of it, Dave Jones, ex-Everton and all that, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, you, you can see you know, where the, the, the fans are maybe were coming from and whatever in the media. But, you know, credit Bill Kenwright. He, he made a, a bold move and what a move it was. Do you remember and, the Fulham game? He turns up and he was doing a warm-up, the manager. Yeah, he was top out there, weren't he? Yeah, it was different. I've never seen this. Walter Smith wasn't anywhere near that, was he? And here it was. It was polar opposites and he was exactly what the club needed, the players needed. Mm-hmm. And he just injected a bit of energy, didn't he? Enthusiasm yeah, into the yeah. club. And he, and he, you know, he ripped the club apart over the next few years. Mm. And that's what it did need. Um, so, yeah, mad week, but, yeah, a, a positive end to it. And, obviously, it wasn't the week in history. I mean, might come to that, that next week, but the, the the game the following week was amazing. We might it? get to that next week, actually. It's yeah. a good shout. I think it's you and Pricey next week, so yeah. I'll, I'll look forward to listening to that one. Uh, I'm looking forward to unpacking more of the David Moyes era on this week mm. in history. I'm sure they're looking forward to going back to the, the Rafa era and the Hurley era. So we'll keep doing that on this week in history. But, Judgy, forget the history. This Saturday... Is this the biggest game of our season? Because as a listener sent in before, Europe's gone. I feel a little bit that way after watching Saturday. So you beat Man City, you're into an FA Cup semi-final, but it's beating Man City. Is that, you know, it's massive. Can can it be done? Can this Everton team go and turn over Man City and go into the FA Cup semi-final this weekend? If there's, if there's one thing I can expect from this season, it's to just not expect anything, do you know what I mean? And... and expect the unexpected and in, in that tone yeah of course we can um, but look it, it, they're, a, they're a different animal this season mm. Man City say the different animal last season probably was just the only exception in their last and don't get me wrong that's not taking it away from Liverpool I think Liverpool obviously put up a insurmountable total last year so regardless of how well City were playing it probably would have been beyond anyone but you know that was a one off for them last season in terms of the form um, every other season, the last four or five, they've just been on a different level to everyone else. And and, and this season, I was, what I was saying off air before, and I was about to start going into it, but I, I was saved to fear. I remember seeing um, Guardiola doing an interview in the summer, crediting Hansi Flick at uh, Bayern Munich for these five trophies. And then he kind of, at the end of it, tongue-in-cheek went, but I, he still didn't beat us at Barca because we got, however, six, six or something like that. And it made me think he's desperate to do something like that again. I think he felt like he was a little bit, his nose was pushed out yeah, a little quadruple, bit. Quadruple, isn't it? That, yeah, and, the, and he, the he wants he wants the the big one with, you know, as I say, which would be the the League Cup, the FA Cup, the league, the the, the Champions League. Nobody's done it. Yeah. I don't think anyone's. I mean, people have been close to doing it. Um, Ferguson, 
was cl- Ferguson got the trebles and he didn't get the league cup. So nobody's done it. You know that that's this city team is good enough. They got Tottenham in the first final in that league cup final. You know they're, they're pretty much through and they're playing in the Champions League tonight. I, I don't see them having any problems against Mönchengladbach. I know this isn't a city podcast, but it's just hard to look past how good they are. So how so how do you set up or how do you think we should set up on Saturday? Is it similar to we went to Anfield and we had that five yeah. at the back low block, or do we do we roll the dice? Do we just say let's just go and pepper them? Let, let's go at them. The only the team that I've actually seen put in the best performance against them this season by United because United seems to have got the number on them somehow. Solskjaer seems to defy logic because when you sit back against City, this City team they love it because they just get players in around the box, they pepper the goal from crosses, shots, and all that. But Man, you just seem to have this mad little force field around the game, the goal when they play City. The only other team I've seen really take them to the sword this was Brighton. Brighton played them at the Etihad and just took the game to them, just gone and pressed them high up the pitch and loads of energy and all that. I just think we've got that in us. The only team we've we've kind of went and done that against was Leeds away, and that was just because Leeds done it to us at home. Do you know what I mean? We thought we had to just try and fight fire with fire. I think if they if they drop four or five of their you know normal starting eleven, I think you'd have to say we'll we'll have to go and press them high up the pitch. I think if we sit back, it plays into the hands of all the technical players who they bring in, the likes of Bernardo Silva and Foden will probably start and um, Aguero's back now, isn't he? Agu- well? Aguero's back in there. Whether he'll play tonight and play the weekends, I don't know. But you know, everything's telling me that I think we've we've got to go and we've got to just go and press them and try and force them into making mistakes and don't just don't surrender so, too much possession to them and just let them have it but then as I say you look back to last week and how United done it and United let them have the ball and, and, and just were waiting for opportunities to go and counter and we've probably got more of a similar team to United in terms of the personnel of our forwards you know being athletic and whatever and having a pretty average midfield I know they've got Fernandez who's who, who's who's exceptional but the rest of the midfielders the McTominays and Freds they're running the mill midfielders aren't they and that's probably the weakest part of their side, mm-hmm. um, as as it is us. But I think we've got a fairly similar back four to them. You know, Luca Dean, yeah. Luke. You know, Luke. I'd say Luca Dean's best than Luke Shaw, but he's a similar type of fullback. Wan Bissaka, Seamus Coleman. Obviously, Wan Bissaka is a more young, fresh version, but they're both defensive fullbacks. Um, and our centre backs, I think, are as, as good as theirs. So look, who knows. Um, so if if it's if it's similar to Anfield, which you sort of agreed with, is, yeah. is that Seamus Coleman, Luca Dean with Mina, Keane, and Godfrey? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I put Tom um, Davis with Andre Gomez. Yeah, because there's no Rodriguez, there's no Decore. Yeah, I, th- I think you definitely have to play Luca Dean. Uh, you know, <coughs> you know whether we play whether you call it a back five or Luca Dean plays as like that left midfielder mm. and Godfrey comes across at left back. You know, mm. who knows really what what that system is, but. That's generally how it works. Is Luca Dean has the license to push on a bit f- further forwards, doesn't he? Mm. Coleman doesn't, but then allows um, the the, the right hand side to be a bit more advanced. So yeah, I, I think that's probably our best chance. Um, City are so good from those wide areas, and and the fullbacks kind of playing on the inside channel. That I think you need to play three centre backs, as in like you know three players who will occupy that centre back area. So I'd be shocked if he didn't do that. Have we got to protect the goalkeeper? Ciao, Virginia, because Jordan Pickford's out for a month. We don't know with Robin Olsen's back How on. You that. Go, with three centre halves, don't yeah, let him yeah, have to come Yeah, of course, of course. But I mean, the, the biggest blow for us is the Zakore one, isn't it? I know mm. the goalie and that. Yeah, you know, you need a good goalie anyway. No doubt about it. But I think you've got to expect shots at your goal against any top side. Um, 
I don't think City from it. You know, I'm saying this now. They have. I know John Stones has got a few goals this season, and that'd be so typical for him to to get on the score sheet. But I don't really fear them from set plays. Um, albeit they are better this season than they have been. I think it's it's definitely you know the shots from outside the area that that they're so different to other sides. You can't allow De Bruyne, Foden, um, you know to, to have shots from outside the area because they will score more likely than than not on the edge of the area. So Decore is the bigger miss for me. We've got no one in that squad who's anyone like him. You know, Allen is a very um, capable defensive midfielder, but he's a bit like a, a Lucas Lever type player where he, yeah. he makes good fouls. He doesn't cover the ground. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. doesn't get across. He's not a box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, he doesn't cover the pitch as much as Decore. I mean, he's five for four or something like that, so that's how <laughs> his legs aren't long enough to cover the, the pitch. But... Um, so yeah, it, it's it's such a conundrum. As I say, we're not we're not Monday night football here. There's 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 two ways to go and go and uh, go and tackle it, but it, we do depend on Man City just being a little bit off, missing chances. Mm, that's why I think the goalkeepers are going to be a big big miss because usually when you ride your luck, it's because your goalkeepers having a great game. I've seen nothing, and this might sound harsh. I've seen nothing of Virginia. I don't know whether he can. What I'm basing my opinion on is we sent him to Reading last He's season. Reading sent him yeah. back, and their they fans did. were saying he wasn't they very did, good the there. Cha- the, the championship, the nature of the championship, and the way the games are played, it is about keepers coming out and commanding the area. I don't think that's his game. He's a good shot stop. He made some. He's a few decent stops mm. against Burnley. I think. I think shots from outside the area will be. Something he probably relish more than the the whole crosses and stuff like that mm. for younger keepers. That's more difficult. But look, I think that the bottom line is we need City to have an off day. We need Calvert Lewin to take his chances. And 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 you know we know he scored against mm. Burnley, but we covered it briefly before. He's not scoring the the half. You know the the half chances is he. He's only taking mm. the, the kind of the tap ins. Um, we need Richarlison to to have one of those games where, you know, he, he's up for it and and. He's got that little bit of a spring and a step, and, and he's going to need to be clinical as well, isn't he? Yeah, that's you're it. Probably but not going to get that many opportunities. That's it, and mm. and the difference between him and him and Calvert Looney, he does invariably hit the target. Like I was saying to Millsy the other night, Calvert Looney the scores or misses the target. He never makes the keeper make a save. Richardson does do that, but they've got an exceptional keeper in Edison, so it's like it's not good enough to just hit the target. You've got at the top pin to beat him mm. or bottom corner. So. Look, a lot of things need to go our way on Saturday. Massive game, I agree. Um, massive game, but we're not particularly well prepared for it, are we? No. I'm thinking midfield. I'm thinking Tom Davis has to play. He's got to because he's the only version of the legs that we've got in there. He's got to play with Alan. I think Sigurdsson's does, got to play. Does Sigurdsson or Gomez? Got to play. Sigurdsson. No, I, 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 can't, I can't. We can't have Gomez against him. So it's Sigurdsson. He's got to, yeah. Just, he's got to play just because, he's for me... The only one of the midfield players who's capable of scoring. Yeah. You know I mean? He's and also a set piece threat. Yeah, isn't he? exactly. You've got Dean and Sig, and that's it. The set, the, the set pieces play a massive part. If we can get the ball up early to the Richarlisons and Calvert Lewins or whatever, regardless of how well they play, if they can win free kicks higher up the pitch, you've always got a chance against any team from set plays. Mm. Yeah, then you can get B5 2 then instead of 5 0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what I, I wanted to ask either of you is no love lost for Everton despite being the co owner of an Everton podcast. No yeah. love lost for yeah. podcast. No love lost for Manchester City. How do you see is, it, is that too big an ask for Everton on Saturday, or can you see Everton possibly beating Man City by the odd goal? 
No, it, it, you know, with all, I, with all due respect... I it, just think your form's that indifferent this year, and Man City's are so consistent. That certainly, recently, I just can't see anything but a Man City win. Certainly with, you know, you, you laugh at us for injuries, but at the moment, your injury list is growing. It's, it's only <laughs> getting bigger. Yeah. So, you know, you, that, that's obviously going to make you suffer. Decore is going to be a massive miss. That's, that's the one. He's going to be a massive yeah. miss. Yeah. So, uh, for me, I just think, even if they even if they were to rest one or two big like big big players, I think they'd still have too much views. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, I think the injury things are going to tell against us really. My thing is, they don't even need to rest anyone. They, they got a bit of the international break as well. And no, exactly, good. it's the benefit of being able to buy hundred million pound players. Mm-hmm. This is on your bench, isn't it? You don't like it, so you know. I ideally want to play them last Saturday when the nil nil in the first leg of a Champions League two legged affair or something. But you're right there, Judy. You, you, we got them at the worst possible time. We've now got two or three weeks yeah, off. Yeah, so they can rest that Diaz. So Laporte might play centre back. <laughs> <laughs> John Stones is like first choice. You know what I mean? They'll probably rest players tonight in the Champions League, being two nil up. Yeah, that's it. They're just in a, such a commanding position on all fronts at the moment. I can't see them. I, I honestly can't see who, who beats them in any competition. We've been here Sounds before, though. Let's, we'll let's draw them in the Champions League. <laughs> let's, let, me that. let's end the show. Look, look, this is the Everton section because Liverpool haven't got a game. Judy, let's end it. I think we've been here before. Everton have had bad, bad results this season. Followed it up by surprising me with a good result and a good performance. Manchester City... It's Man United have shown that you can beat them. There's other teams last season have shown that you can beat them. We've beat great Man City teams in the past. I'm thinking back to the Chelsea quarter final in 2016. Remember when Lukaku got a brace mm. and Chelsea were on fire, but the under was Conte at the time. No, it was under Chelsea. Angela, no, no, oh no, that was the was Conte, Conte, Conte. Conte, yeah. I've got to go with my heart. It's the FA Cup. It's it's a romantic competition. I've got to go. Prediction wise for me. <laughs> 1-0 to Everton. What are you saying? So, let me do. So, you, you've got a, a young kid in goal. And we've got no, no midfield. No, no we've got a striker who can't trap the ball. And we've got a, a right-back who's out fit. 1-0 Everton. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Put, if that comes in, put the lottery on Mills. Look, blue, any Blues listen, don't watch if you don't agree. If any any Evertonian doesn't think that we can get get past no, Man City, I don't, I don't think any Evertonian is not switching on that telly going come on and, and like hundred percent, hundred percent. It is it is one of those games, and it like you say, if it was any other competition in the world, and that's not just saying that, could just to end this on a really <clears> positive note, you'd be thinking no, like that's you know no one's betting against Man City on, on Saturday, and I don't think they are anyway. Um, Penalty and, five minutes in. Edison well, sent off. Say, I was gonna say it needs something like that, and, and you know I might put one eleven just in case. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I actually think it's gonna go all the way to pens. Really? I, I think it'll be one one and go all the way to pens. I, I think back at that Tottenham game was a crazy game that, that mm. in the last round. They they pretty much put a, a full strength side out. A cup games, loads of teams have just gone for it, haven't yeah. they? Because it's a one legged affair. Used to be saying that the United Liverpool game he's been for it, us yeah. and Tottenham four three. So, so you're right. Yeah, I don't I don't think any of your fans are going to be going into a, like down after thinking you're going to get stuffed or anything. You look, you've done it yourself. You you said sometime last season you, you got into the ground all full of doubt and all that, and then texted your missus. They've done it to me again. Yeah. Was it the derby? You were you were right up for it. And Don't you play the sirens? Yeah, that's what I mean. But it, it's it's things like that. Once once you see the team coming out and all that, your fans are going to be rattled for it and right behind them, and you know expect the unexpected. On, on the romance front, then I'm going to say one one in normal time, two two after extra time. And Joe Virginia's going to save a pen to win, is it? 
that is a romantic <laughs> idea. Blues, like that, I said before. That, uh, that little fella will be doing his dance on. That, that little <laughs> will be on my days. Instagram. If, if any blues agree or disagree with myself or Judgy or even Gary and Terry on the FA Cup quarterfinal at Sati, hit us up on the internet across the park podcast.co.uk, Twitter and Instagram at across the park PC. Let's three weeks off. We'll back again next Monday. Be nice to get back to Mondays, won't it? With all the Monday night footballs we've been having lately. Mm. Been recording on Tuesday, but we are back next Monday. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the football and Reds. Enjoy the time off. See you again next week.